Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. How's it growing, folks? Welcome back to Here We Go. I'm your host, Eddie Salaya, the cannabis reporter out here in Tucson, Arizona. I've said from the very beginning of Here We Go that I wanted this show to cover a ton of general interest cannabis topics. And since most cannabis consumers I know are always asking me about where weed is and isn't legal and where and where they can't partake, I figured it was time to do an episode looking into those questions when it comes to my favorite topic, travel. Most legal jurisdictions still have prohibitions of some sort about smoking or vaping cannabis in public, and many hotel chains still discourage the practice. That can leave us traveling cannabis consumers in somewhat of a bind when it comes to finding someplace chill and legal to partake. In that vein, I'm continuing my MJ BizCon series of interviews with this episode, which focuses in on a new sector of the cannabis industry, lodging and hotels. To help me do that, I've invited on guest Chris Chiari. Chiari is the owner of the Patterson Inn, a castle of a hotel located at the highly appropriate address of 420 East 11th Avenue in the heart of Denver's historic Capitol Hill neighborhood. Chiari is also the founder and owner of the 420 Hotels, a budding hotel chain amongst the nation's first where, according to the company's website, guests will be able to consume cannabis on-site in legally licensed lounges. The idea is to convert intimate boutique hotels into high-end, members-only cannabis consumption clubs merged with luxury overnight accommodations. I sat down and asked Kiari about the idea for the 420 Hotels and where it came from, how he plans to make the Patterson Inn the flagship of this new venture, and what the future of cannabis-based tourism and lodging looks and smokes like. Quick note, the interview was recorded on the floor of the sprawling and super impressive Las Vegas Convention Center during MJ BizCon 2022, so there may be some parts that sound just a bit scratchy. Enjoy the interview. How's it growing, folks? Welcome to another special MJ Business Con episode here in Las Vegas. I am joined by Chris Chiari. If you can say Chianti, you can say Chiari. So, Chris, talk to me a little about the 420 Hotels. Where did the idea for it come from? Where is it based out of? Just the basics. I've got to give one piece of fact that really inspired why I started doing what I've been doing for almost a dozen years now. I've been a consumer for over 30 years, but I'm also a melanoma survivor. When I got a clean bill of health uh, 11 years ago now, I flew out to Denver weeks later to look at what at the time was an abandoned property in the heart of Capitol Hill, blocks from the state capitol, that just had one curb appeal and two a very fortuitous address. 
So I looked up at this empty property, uh-huh. 420 East 11th Avenue. Looks like a castle. And my very first thought was, I want to turn you into a marijuana bed and breakfast. That was March 7th of 2011. Abandoned property. Someone beat me to it by two weeks, opened a hotel, and the property was back on the market in January of 2018, and I swooped in. I never let it go. It was always in the back of my mind. This has been my plan since the beginning. It was your white whale, if you will. There you go. It's very fair. And <laughs> yes, I, I saw it breach the water, and I never <laughs> let it go. So, Chris, then tell me, in 2018, when things got started, how, how, what was the, I, I mean, obviously it was legal, uh, cannabis in Denver and in Colorado. What were some of the challenges in opening a hotel like that? I think it was the first in the country, right? We have recently been um, given the moniker of the first hotel in the country to secure licensing for an on-site cannabis hospital lounge, hospitality lounge. I call this the most exciting and unique amenity in America right now in hospitality. And yes, cannabis was legal when I bought the property in 2018, not when I first saw it in 2011. But cannabis hospitality wasn't. Cannabis hospitality rules weren't finalized in Colorado at the state level until 2019. The city of Denver didn't even start that process of formalizing its rules until 2021. So the path to this type of business has only recently emerged. We are a decade now into legalization. We are still miles away from the normalization and the stigmatization of possession and consumption. We've normalized production and distribution, but we still have a great degree of stigma still out in the world. It's muted, it's less, it's significantly reduced. We're in a very high profile place with 35,000 people, many of them going out front and taking a hit before they come back in. These are very productive, professional people in this space. Shows how far cannabis has come. But outside of this type of insulated community, our action is still frowned upon. My business starts to address that. Talk to me then a little bit about that that experience there then. Um, what would somebody who's checking in, what, what, is, what is that like? This is going to look very much like a cigar lounge. If anyone who's been following cigar lounge or indoor smoking rules over the last decade, you know that the indoor air quality standards changed about 12 years ago. And it's why you haven't seen new cigar lounges or hookah lounges really pop up or proliferate across the country. That standard was modified two years ago that is now allowing amendments to what are very onerous HVAC requirements for smoke-filled rooms where you can now build systems that can be efficient. I sat with the city and I said very clear to them that I was eccentric enough to build what the engineers had produced and provided for my HVAC system, but I wasn't crazy enough to turn it on. System required 100% of the air to be fresh air. This is the type of nuanced policy that can be frustrating as you go to open a business, but also it should be really inspiring for anyone involved in cannabis because we are so normal public policy (laughs) that we're just talking to the city about what air quality standards mean for a business that looks very much like a cigar lounge. So in a certain way, it's blazing trails, not just in the cannabis industry, but for business kind of like anything that's wanting to try something like this. I'm trying my best to normalize and destigmatize. That means doing things that are normal and destigmatized while carrying the banner of the big green flower <laughs> and being very open about it. And many of us lean into this on a daily basis, do our work, which in many cases we are overachievers. <laughs> and that's not muted for many of us through cannabis consumption. That's the misnomer. 
Right? My guests, let me tell you about the guests of my hotel right now. It's predominantly 50 plus adults. Okay. One of the largest growth segments of cannabis. We're not a market or budget hotel. We're the first tier premium. What we do for a higher price then is curate and execute on experience. And then for me, it's the addition now of this exciting new conversation, not new for me, but for 50 plus, it is the largest growth section of cannabis right now. My goal is to take it beyond a slogan like start low and go slow, which we share with guests walking in the door, but move it into an actual discussion with not a bud tender now, but someone in an environment of service that can talk about methods of consumption that can help you get to the lowest possible dose for the defined experience you were hoping for and not going too far. So this experience is not like checking in at the stratosphere and it's like, hey, you're on your own. You're able to curate an experience for folks that's kind of unique to anybody that's checking in. So I own the hotel. I have a tavern that's open to the public. I have an active restaurant license, which we use right now for tavern food as well as the breakfast. Those types of food and beverage services minus alcohol will expand into our cannabis lounge. Not like walking, you're not gonna walk in the front door and be around a cloud because I can't let you smoke in your room. Rule says that I've gotta vacate a cannabis licensed area at two o'clock in the morning. So if I let you smoke in your room, I gotta kick you out at two in the morning, let you back in tomorrow at seven for breakfast in your luggage. Doesn't work for overnight <laughs> hospitality. We have a cigar lounge in a hotel in Denver, beautiful old property called the Brown Palace. So I always ask people, where can you smoke a cigar at the Brown Palace? cigar lounge. Where else can you smoke a cigar at the Brown Palace? Nowhere. Product is going to look very similar to that. Okay. Biggest hurdle around opening up a smoke-filled room right now is the HVAC system. So you go to PattersonInn.com, you'll see this beautiful old Victorian house. There is no place to put enough air handling to move the air through the entire structure, but there is the ability to modernize 950 square feet of the carriage house and use it to take underutilized event space. And like I keep saying, turn this into the most exciting and unique amenity in America. This is something that I've been excited about since I heard about it a few weeks ago. It's great to be able to sit down with you and really hear the reality and, and what's going on with it. Is this something that you could see catching on in other states? Is it something you'd like to expand further? My current property is not my flagship. It is not the biggest representation of what we believe we can execute around experience-based overnight hospitality paired with cannabis lifestyle. But it is my keystone. It's my first. It's a house that has a history long before I ever showed up, 1891, a former home of a U.S. Senator. It's a property with a fortuitous address, 420, multi-generational branding and awareness that I don't have to explain to many discerning consumers within the emergent cannabis space for me, a chance to add another chapter to the history of the property with this very exciting and unique amenity. This is meant to be a model. And in hospitality, a model is defined by your culture, by your experience, by your unique offering. And I believe very strongly that the 420 Hotels through Patterson Inn has been open for 10 years. I've owned it for four and a half. Mm -hmm. Run a significantly different business than the last owners, where our, uh, we're up uh, almost 70% over occupancy over the previous owners. Our ADR is significantly improved by 30% over the last owners. We're running a successful hotel. This was important. I never wanted anyone to ever say, oh, you're opening a cannabis lounge because it's a gimmick. Your hotel wasn't working. It's the opposite. We're successful yeah. for business already. This is a chance to normalize and destigmatize by adding this unique and exciting amenity and answering this market demand, this lack in the space of what does it mean to buy, purchase, possess, and then have nowhere to go. 
not solving it for everyone who's burdened with access to consumption, but I am providing a solution for tourists. Mm. What is the advertising and marketing like for you guys? I know that, I mean, like we've discussed at the beginning of this, cannabis is not mainstream outside of these halls. What, what, how, do, how do people, how can people kind of get to know you? I mean, I know you've got a website. How can they hear about what's going on? Well, thank you for the opportunity to share what we're talking about now. Patterson.com, yes, it's a website. 420hotels.com, yes, it's a website. But those are the first two places to start. I'm really excited because I am badged like a dispensary, but I don't sell. I went with the bring your own cannabis model, but I am no less scrutinized at the state level as a dispensary. I'm also now one of the first, comp I'm sorry, I'm the first cannabis licensed company to do an equity crowdfund raise on Republic. Even more exciting is I'm onboarding with Start Engine right now. This is a chance to offer a ground level pre-IPO equity opportunity in what I believe is going to be an exciting expansion growth hotel concept. But more importantly, I'm trying to normalize, and legitimize the deal, the offering, as we move out of our very isolated, incubated community of cannabis culture and into mainstream. My business is not meant to just attract consumers like myself. My business is meant to also be a safe option. For someone especially more mature who might wear a collar on their shirt that might be experimenting for the first time, they will find that comfort zone of doing that with a short walk back to their room as opposed to going out to a large crowded venue that might have more experienced consumers that might intimidate them. What will this market look like mature? Every single thing that people enjoy doing overlaid with the veneer of cannabis. That's what this looks like everywhere. We're a long way away from that. Until then, I'm excited to be offering this as a solution and as one of the first options. Chris Chiari, thank you so damn much for coming on Here We Go. I'm hoping that we run across each other again before this next one next year. A very big shout out and thanks goes to Chris Chiari for coming on Here We Go and helping me get my first look at a topic I plan to inhale deeper on going into 2023, cannabis tourism and hotels. As someone who gets the travel bug pretty much every month to six weeks, uh, and as someone who thoroughly enjoys me some cannabis in my free time, I would jump at the opportunity to stay at a hotel or bed and breakfast that offered up a little something like what Chris was talking about with a smoking lounge. I may have to pay the Patterson Inn a visit when they get that up and rolling. Uh, if you want to learn more about the Patterson Inn or the 420 Hotels, I've left some links in this episode's description. You can find that pretty much anywhere you stream Here We Go At. You can also find links to my latest content on Here We Go, uh, as well as the social media pages for Here We Go, and all of my work at TucsonMarijuanaGuide.com. That'll wrap up this joint, folks. Uh, but look out for more episodes of the podcast to roll out here over the next few weeks. I may be taking a week off from new episodes between Christmas and New Year's, but if I do do that, I'll be sure to leave you with a best of episode featuring outtakes of my best interviews in the last year. So, until the next episode, folks, it shouldn't be too long. Have fun out there. Make sure to stay hydrated. And if you can't do that, then at least stay high. <laughs>
because here we go. That was really great, man. Excellent. And you know what? We'll clean that up in post, too.